Broadcasting from Alito to Alton, from Champaign to Chicago, and from Robinson to Rockford, this is the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com. A big Illini guys. Hello and welcome to the Sports Spectacular. For two hours each week, the internet guys let us out of our website and onto the airwaves to pontificate, to predict, and sometimes peeve somebody off. Larry Smith, Mike Eckley, Brad Sturdy. Hard to believe the Illini season opener in football versus the Wyoming Cowboys is less than two months away. We'll gather the fellas for a roundtable and break this Illini team down in just a bit. And we're going to talk a lot about Big Ten expansion this hour and later even college sports. Where are we headed? Like, what's next overall in the, in the, the nation's landscape collegially? All that's on the way. NBA Summer League is also underway. All Illini eyes watching the Utah Jazz and Kofi Coburn, the two-time All-American, went undrafted last month and now trying to make the Jazz roster. Guys, it's strange to see him in a uniform other than an Illini uniform. <laughs> He does. He's still big, but he does look a lot different in the uh, in the Utah uniform. Um, it, it's it's funny. He, you know, many of the things that we saw from him um, in, in the in this college season have kind of passed on here. But I will say one area where he's gotten a little bit better is actually passing. Um, he looks more comfortable making passes. Had a nice pass, uh, you know, set up a hockey assist for a three, um, kicking out of a post up situation he he you know he did some good things he moves his feet a little bit but you can see sometimes he has to load up to to jump and it caused him to get a shot blocked and made the highlights of course you know because he got a shot blocked but um he uh he also had some you know when he did get a chance to rim run a little bit he, he showed off the ability to finish and um you know he he's been been solid i i think it's tough when these guys only have a few practices especially a guy like kofi who is used to playing in a system that's totally geared to his strengths um, at Illinois where they're trying to feed him the ball. Now it's, you got to find a way to get your own thing. And, and, and that's something he's got to get a little bit better at. Yeah. And I, and I think a, a couple things too, uh, you know, he, he really played better perimeter defense than I thought he was capable of. I'm not saying that he is, you know, they're, they're, he's not going to win any defensive player of the year awards, but, but he was actually doing well from a lateral quickness standpoint, which I thought was nice. Um, and, and he did prove if, if the Utah team will look occasionally into the lane, Kofi has been taught by the Illini staff how to seal off really well. And there were several times that they could have gotten him the ball inside for easy dunks. And they, I'm not saying he's going to get 20 points a game, but they have to take those opportunities when they get them, especially when you suck and that team is not very good. So if you have a wide open guy in the lane, please get him the ball. Yeah. I, I think the Utah guards are really bad. I mean, I, I gotta yeah. say this, they they played really poorly. Their guards and wings were just not good at all. Um in, in the in that summer league. Yes, they're horrible. It was it was bad. And and you're you're exactly right. To the point I was like looking, trying to go to the <laughs> to the internet, look up their roster, like who is number 13? What is he? What is he doing? Is he? I mean, there are a lot of blow buys by there. We complained about the Illini guards at times last year, you know, Alfonso Plummer not stopping the, you know, the penetration. These, he could have done a better job than some of these guys in the, in the first couple of games this week. They played in Salt Lake City. Um, now they move on to, to Las Vegas and, uh, and the, the, the big tournament, if you will. They've done such a great job with that. What used to be uh, just a handful of games, putting them all on TV and on NBA TV and, 
And the way it's now a tournament, you kind of do the round robin and then you, you play from there really gives you something to look forward to. And it's, it's always fun to see some celebrities in the audience from time to time at these games. Now you didn't always see that before. And, um, Kudos to the NBA to kind of make it this interesting, even just to the casual fan. Now, uh, speaking of tournaments, Brad, I know you're out of town uh, all weekend long. What's going on with you? Yeah, the EYBL kicked off in uh, Kansas City on uh, Thursday. And so, you know, it runs through Sunday. And so I'm, I'm in Kansas City, enjoying my time, right? Eating some good barbecue, but also watching some really uh, good high school hoops uh, action, getting a chance to watch some guys, you know, whether uh, 2024 commit, Marez Johnson, of course, and his Mean Streets and his teammates are, are there. And then Amani Hansbury, and uh, who's one of the top, you know, targets in 2023, you know, the 6'8", 225 big man um, out of the D.C. area who uh, – Chester Frazier has uh, built a great relationship with and just uh, officially visited the Illini last week. So um, there's a lot of other targets there, obviously on the IlliniGuys.com website. We've got a lot of those. We're going to have all that information uh, this weekend and throughout the next couple of weeks. Yeah, that'll be exciting, especially I still find it mystifying how a, a college coach has to try to figure out what he's going to need next year when you don't know who's staying and who's going because of the transfer portal and and they have to cast such a wide net um it's amazing to me that when they go to these tournaments you know how do you how do you narrow that list of players down so that you see the the right people i think it's really interesting mike that's a great point um because what you have to do then i think is just find good players i mean you might know you're going to have a hole in in the sense i got to get a big guy or i got to get this or we got to do this but you're going to be able to fill those holes in the transfer portal now. So if you don't, if you miss out on the two or three wings you think are really good, there's no point taking one you don't think is as good. Used to be back in the day, you take someone who was maybe not quite as good because you were going to develop them. Well, now you don't do that. You just find some guy from, you know, I don't know, Minnesota State who was like scored 20 points a game on the wing at a lower level. And you bring him up for a year or something like that. So there's always guys out there who can fill a role for you. And that's where kind of where it's become. If you, if you, they aren't good enough, then you're not going to take them. That's a great point. Uh, before we let you go, a couple of names that I know you mentioned on Alanaguys.com earlier in the week, you mentioned Amani Hansbury, the, the big man out of uh, the Baltimore area, I believe you mentioned Chester Frazier's, um, done a great job recruiting him, and it looks like Illinois is in his top three. The other young man, Trent Pierce, uh, another class of 2023 player, just uh, a couple of days ago listed his final six. Illinois is among them. Um, one, what are their chances with Hansbury as it stands right now? And two, would they take both of these players and effectively be one over expecting someone else to leave next year um, from this current roster? I think they take both those guys because they're yeah. both – guys that fit and they're both really good. Trent Pierce is a really good shooter. Um, he's, you know, six, nine, he's long and he, he just really has a good feel. And I, I think you look at him and you see huge upside and potential and a guy who can play within a system too, who doesn't, cause he's not really the guy who gets all the shots, but he just plays in the system, but you see, he oozes the potential that in a couple of years, he could be the guy who takes all the shots. Um, and so that's what I, I really like about him. Think about, think of like, uh, Keegan Murray from Iowa and how he developed into that guy over, over time. Um, I think I kind of fits that uh, mold. Then uh, I think they're in a good place with Hansberry. I think they've done a great job of showing him um, that he can be play at Illinois. And also they're going to be successful. I mean, he knows they're going to be good. The question for him becomes, does he go to a place like um, 
a program that's not as established. You know, I, I think at Penn State, they've done a really good job recruiting him, for example, and make, he, saying he'll be a centerpiece you know, right off the bat, where Illinois is not going to tell a guy that because, to be honest, I don't know who they're going to have. <laughs> you know, they, is it going to be uh, – is Dane Danger still going to be around when he comes there? It's very possible. So, you're, Or is Zachary Perrin, who's going to be around when he, he comes there? So he's going to have to beat out some really good guys. But I also think that there's there are minutes – to, to be had there if he's if he's as good as the only staff thinks he is because they really love Hansbury. Yeah, Hans, Hansbury's got that choice. Do you want to be the centerpiece of a 12-victory Penn State team or do you want to go to Illinois maybe and and build that, you know, into that uh, beast that, 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 that is Illinois basketball? The, on, on Trent Pierce's side, um, watching him play, he has a lot of open court skills that you just don't see in a six, nine player, he's got excellent handles. His vision on the court is very good and he's willing to pass the ball. The other thing that's really interesting is I had a chance to meet his parents and they're the type of parents who actually watch the game and they don't yell at the coach. They don't scream about how the, you know, their kid is being used wrong or whatever. They just watch the game. And then after the game, they tell their son, good game. It's remarkably, um, sane and so um that's the type of if i was a coach as an aa former aau coach that's the type of parent i like um one who lets the coaches coach and tells the player to develop his skills and and then lets the chips fall so um boy both of those players would be fantastic in the orange and blue because there's really only one orange and blue and that's University of Illinois. That's right. And uh, and there's, there's only one way to play this game, and that's the game of chess that Underwood and his guys are playing. It's not checkers, it's chess. Fun to uh, be on this side of, of the board and watch them operate, no question. You know, it's been a week, but it remains the hot topic. The Big Ten expanding from coast to coast. Lots to talk about, and we'll get to it right after this on the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com. Slow down, they say. You're getting older. Relax. Seriously, you're on a mission. You've got places to go, grandkids to see. At OSF Healthcare, we want you to be the best you possible. Whoever you are, wherever you're going, whatever your mission is, we're here to support it. Because that's our mission. Your life, our mission. Learn more at osfhealthcare.org slash your way. Our Newsmaker segment brought to you by the good people at UC Bank. The shocker at week's end last week continues to produce ripples across the college sports landscape. USC and UCLA joining the Big Ten in 2024 and issue the potential to more than double and, and then some each school's TV rights fees as Big Ten schools profit considerably more than those in the Pac-12. Gentlemen, let's start with... Um, what do we know now about this move that perhaps we didn't know a week ago? I think what we know, first of all, is how it happened, where it came from. I, I think we know that uh, it came from the TV networks. <laughs> um, I think it was this is a, a little bit of Fox Sports had a great involvement in this and that UC, USC and UCLA were the ones who pushed for this because they see that teams like you know Northwestern, are making more money than USC or UCLA from their TV rights, which I'm not nothing against Northwestern, except 
obviously they don't have the same viewership that USC and UCLA have. So it's kind of a, it's, they wanted to be part of that system. And I think from the big 10 standpoint, now you look at it and say, okay, we got this more, more markets now. Let's, you know, where do we go now? What, what's the next, next step? And I think that's going to be interesting to see. Yeah. And I think if you're the big 10, you get a little bit greedy because you look at, you know, you look at LA number two, um, you know, television market out there and now you start saying well how can i get the the number five market how can i get the number four market you know those type of questions that you start putting together and and you you look at the top 10 and you start saying well what schools are really good in these top 10 tv markets that have you know uh the accreditation that we're looking for and how do we get those viewers and that high quality institution you know, to look at the Big Ten because you're not wanting to tamper. Um, but boy, you know, then all of a sudden, I think the phone calls start coming in from some of these other schools. And I would have to think that probably there is so much going on that we won't hear about until later on. And it's all of a sudden, you know, you, you, you hear all these people, it's quiet now. I, I think it's quiet now because nobody's chattering. And nobody chattered before um, Texas and Oklahoma went to the SEC, and nobody chattered before USC and UCLA went to the Big Ten. So quiet may mean that a lot's going on. Well, and I agree completely with that because people are saying, well, this team's not coming. No one said, all we know is what's leaked. But I think you can be sure that the Big Ten and Notre Dame have talked, that the Big Ten and Stanford and Cal and Oregon and Washington have talked. There's some, there's been a report that Texas A&M has reached out. Um, and I think that's the thing is that right now, when you, and we'll get into some of the other conferences here in the second half hour, when you look at the big 10 and I wrote about this on the they're in the driver's seat, just because Mike, as you mentioned of all the, the TV uh, markets they have, they have the top four TV markets in the country are big 10 markets. Nobody's going to touch that. Nobody can and nobody's going to. So they have the advantage. They're holding all the keys. Um, they also look at AAU schools um, outside of Notre Dame. Every school that's been linked to possibly joining the Big Ten has been an AAU school. So if you kind of look at those two things, you can kind of look and see where this is going to end up. The question is, how large uh, does the Big Ten go? Yeah, that is a great question. How big do they go? Do they go to 18, 20, 24? Where, do, where does it end? And I think you know, as we move forward, I think the big 10 has an opportunity to really stake their claim and, and add those, some of those West coast schools and then go pluck some ACC and SEC schools, which we're going to, you mentioned some of them, Texas A&M being a prime candidate who probably wants to get away from Texas. I think that's why they went to the SEC in the first place. So um, if they can still get that large money and come to the big 10, I think that would be huge because now you add Texas market, which is, you know, massive, you know, I mean, that's just a huge deal. And, but Notre Dame, I think is the big fish. And if the big 10 pulls in Notre Dame and someone else, whether it be Stanford or something like that, I, I think you, you, it's huge. And I think that would make them untouchable uh, from a national standpoint, just to add the Irish to their, to their mix. Yeah. I think logistically, you know, the, the two big targets have always been Notre Dame and Texas, I think, you know, across the country. I think Texas A&M has built that brand up and they have a similar 
type footprint, maybe not quite Texas like, but but right in the neighborhood. And then I think Brad hit on a key point from logistics standpoint. If you can bring in Stanford, Cal, Oregon, and Washington, now you can have a division out in the West Coast so that you can offset the travel a little bit and make it a little bit more bearable for the students because money's not an issue. You charter a plane with all the dollars these guys are going to have without any problem. But you do want to make it where kids can go to class and, and get a good education. And so I think um, I think hitting those those schools in the West Coast, grabbing Notre Dame and then either Texas or Texas A&M, and then look towards the ACC and see which of the ones you can fill in with the AAU. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think when you look at TV markets and match that list with the AAU list, it's real simple. It's easy to see where this could go to your point. You take Notre Dame. Um, I still think you take at least two more Pac-12 teams because, to your point, for scheduling, uh, you you need other partners out there in the West Coast. Uh, from a TV market standpoint, uh, if you grab those two and Washington, you grab the top three TV markets west of the Rockies. Um, so that fits the bill. All of those schools are AAU schools. So, yeah, let's say if you do that, you grab those four uh, Pac-12 teams, which, by the way, are not being discussed with other conferences. So read between the lines. That tells you something. Um, then, yeah, you do go to the, the, the ACC, and there are some obvious schools there that are AAU. Virginia, Duke, North Carolina, and Georgia Tech are all AAU schools, um, all in markets in the top 25 in the country. So um, I think it's, it's real. It makes it real possible. Um, one thing, too, I think people should keep in mind is that I saw something on the Guys.com board. Someone said, hey, you know, this could happen next week. I don't think it happens next week. I think even, you know, Notre Dame's deal ends, I think, in 2025. They can still make an arrangement this fall or next spring, and you're still way ahead of the game. We know that Pac-12 right now, it, it, it seems obvious at the moment, Oregon and Washington are willing to wait on the Big Ten to see what happens. Um, but I think we can, we can be assured there are conversations on going on, even as, we're, as we speak with all these schools. Well, think about that. The Big Ten is looking at this and it's like, well, you know, if we if we stagger this a little bit, you can have USC and UCLA join in 2024. And that's a huge deal. And then in 2025, we'll have Notre Dame join. That'll be a huge deal. And then in 2026, you know, and all of a sudden, on top of creating the biggest league, almost every year can be a celebration for the new schools that come in. And now you grab all the headlines every season on top of the being the biggest yeah it's it's just a really uh, a huge opportunity for the big 10 to trump on everybody can, can i make a statement can i may ask a question though is kevin warren the guy to lead this charge as long as jim delaney is consulting in the background i'm totally comfortable with that Let's hold that thought. Let's get back to that in a minute. We've got to get a quick timeout. This is the Atlanta Guys Sports Spectacular. More on Big Ten expansion after this. You're tuned in to the Sports Spectacular on the Illini Guys Radio Network. At Busey Bank, we understand you have a vision for your future, and we're committed to helping you achieve your dreams. Since 1868, we've invested in recruiting and retaining the best and brightest associates. Busey's unique culture is one that values and supports you provides opportunities for growth, and it's much more than a job. It's a career. Build relationships, build community, and build your career at Busey Bank. 
proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini. Planning to repair or upgrade your home or place of business? Whether it's a leaky roof, windows or door, worn out siding or paint, outdated kitchen, bathroom or basement, look no further than HX Home Solutions, your one-stop shop for remodeling inside and out. Trusted by Chicagoland since 1950, find out why HX gets an A-plus rating by the Better Business Bureau. Call today, 224-880-6000. That's HX Home Solutions, 224-880-6000. Mention code NCAA and schedule your free estimate. Once again, 224-880-6000, HX Home Solutions. Have a business you'd like to promote right here? To advertise on the Sports Spectacular, reach out at info at and use the passion of the Illini guys to reach your audience. That's info at IlliniGuys.com. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys Radio Network. Now, let's get back to the studio. We continue on the Sports Spectacular, and uh, this uh, segment again presented by Busey Bank, talking again about Big Ten expansion. Um, and one thing that we were talking about in the break, and we talked about here actually before the break as well, is in terms of, of, of TV markets um, and those eyeballs. Not just, you know, and one thing, it's, it's funny, we were talking with, with Matt Stevens, who's going to join us in a few minutes here to talk about Illini football. Um, not just, you, you, obviously the markets are important, but again, everyone's got tablets. The streaming dollars, I mean, BTN Plus is what, 10 bucks a month? Well, you know, you can't put every single game on there, so you have more games on that. It's a more additional revenue. Yeah, I think it's all about creating revenue, uh, having a brand, creating, you know, whether it's television markets, whatever it is. Uh, to, to come in, you have to bring something to the party, I think, with the Big Ten now. They're not just taking teams just to take teams. I, I think you may see other conferences who are looking just to find schools who will come there. You know, maybe the Big 12 trying to stay alive and, and tread water. But I think the Big Ten's not in that mode. They're looking for, you know, big fish, and they're trying to get there. And we'll see where... You know, we'll see where it goes forward, but I think they have to bring something or else it dilutes the market share. And the, then the, you know, $100 million that they were getting in TV money becomes $80 million and it's not as good. So if they can't bring something to the table, it's probably not worth it. Yeah, I think they're looking at the, those TV numbers, obviously, for this deal, um, along with the brand. The other thing I think the Big Ten's looking for, and it, these numbers dwarf the TV numbers, is, is what type of research dollars are these facilities going to bring in? So when you talk about, when people don't understand, like, why Stanford? Well, Stanford's one of the premier, you know, institutions in the world at doing research. You bring them in, and then all of a sudden that goes into the, into the Big Ten, you know, uh, kitty, so to speak in terms of what that whole uh, conference can do from attracting research dollars, there's a lot of for, uh, facets to this that are really important. Um, and and I, think, I think the point of diminishing return is gonna be where the Big Ten presidents will probably try to be the brakes on this, uh, just for what Brad was talking about. If, it, if the number per school is gonna dip, then maybe we should stop, level off at that level, and then worry about adding on at a later time when it's manageable. Well, I think those are the conversations happening behind the scenes as, as again, I, th- I think we can pretty much surmise correctly that Notre Dame and their lawyers are having conversations to see if they can get out of their ACC deal, which says if they decide to join a conference full-time, it has to be the ACC. Well, the ACC, again, just because they don't have the 
the markets, the eyeballs, the brands in football. Um, do you even, can you name who played in the ACC championship game last year? I mean, do you know, I mean, who knew that, that Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence were carrying an entire conference on their shoulders? Cause those two guys, yeah. the Clemson quarterbacks, and all of a sudden the ACC is, they're just basketball. I mean, and this is, and this is a football game we're talking about. So if you, if you go back and, and look at, in terms of, of, of those programs, um, you know, Notre Dame, you look at what the ACC is right now, where the Big Ten is right now, and where the Big Ten finances are. Um, again, they've been holding off at every single turn, trying to hold on to their independence. This may be their last shot to kind of to get out of that. Their deal with NBC is only $15 million a year. That's peanuts compared to what they could make in the Big Ten. Yeah, and I know that NBC's supposedly like tripled their offer for Notre Dame or something like that to like $45 million which still pales in comparison to what they would make in the big 10. So eventually it comes down to, you know, what's going to be the best thing for, for them. And I, Notre Dame fits so well in the big 10. It is astonishing that they haven't chosen to go there. And I think it's just arrogance right now that keeps them out. I mean, I just think the arrogance, we're going to be independent, you know, be Notre Dame. And, and I think once, if they realize that what they're going to gain by joining the big 10, I mean, those rivalries could be just, uh, those, those just be a just be wonderful. I mean, it'd just be crazy TV markets and eyes, eyes on TV, watching Michigan and Notre Dame battle for, or, or Ohio state, whoever it is battle for conference titles and things like that would be just, uh, it'd be awesome. Yeah. And, and I keep thinking the same with either the university of Texas um, or even Texas A&M. When you look at the, the character of those universities, they fit much better, uh, particularly Texas with the big 10, than they do the SEC. And there are just some natural fits there that you would think uh, the, the conference could take advantage of. And from a standpoint of, of the future, you know, some of these boosters need to get out of whatever was said to Newt Rockney by the Michigan coach in 1929 that's causing the issues. It reminds me a little bit of Urbana High School, which won't get out of the Big 12 because all their old boosters say we're a founding, you know, school and the poor kids who are in there now get destroyed by normal community and the rest of the league, because they have half of the enrollment. And, you know, at this point right now, the Notre Dame's new contract won't even hit the old contract of the big 10. And so there's just a logic that's just so easy to figure out in this that, that's probably why it could get missed. I, I, I'm still stunned we didn't get a Muhammad reference in there, though. I mean, yeah, well, that, that kind of shocked me. I, I really thought we were going there. Well, Muhammad, yeah, they, they would, they would be, they want into the Big Ten as well. <laughs> <laughs> I just totally signed. Looking at conferences this week, I had no idea Matthew and Muhammad are now both in the Apollo Conference. I did not know that. Well, no, I mean, seriously, as, as in, in all seriousness, though, as a former parent, you know. Um, we had to watch, we had to watch these poor kids from Urbana just get, they're playing they They have basically the same enrollment as Muhammad and they go in at, at a thousand kids, let's say playing a school like normal community with 2,400 kids and those athletes, they're, they're, they're doing their best, but they don't stand a chance because their selection pool is less than half. And the kids are getting the tar beat out of them 
because a bunch of 70 year olds are living in 1959 or something. Yeah. Well, that's why Mattoon got out of the big 12. Same thing. I mean, uh, you know, 1300 enrollment now down to a thousand or so. You're exactly right. Yeah. Uh, again, this segment presented by Busey bank, more on the impending round of relocation and, a focus on what other conferences are doing. That's coming up in the next half hour. A quick timeout and then more Sports Spectacular along the Illini Guys radio network. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys radio network. Now, let's get back to the studio. Hey, our first winner in our summer giveaway series is in Robert Cosby, the winner of our $50 Visa gift card. Hey, Robert, thanks for listening. Giveaway number two is a free one-year membership to IlliniGuys.com. Here's what you do uh, here this weekend. Send an email to info at IlliniGuys.com. Put join in the subject line. We'll throw them in a hat, pick out a winner, and announce that winner next week. So, again, join, J-O-I-N in the subject line, and that email address, again, info at IlliniGuys.com, I-N-F-O at I-L-L-I-N-I. G-U-Y-S dot com. We appreciate you guys listening and hang with us all summer for more giveaways. And again, IlliniGuys.com. That's kind of where the magic happens. We just, magic happens there and then we take that magic and put it up here. That is these two gentlemen, Mike Cagley, Brad Sturdy. I'm happy to be here with them. Larry Smith. Uh, Brad Underwood talking a few days ago about a number of topics, starting with the newest commit, 2022 big man from France, Zachary Parent. Let's listen in. When Zach gets here he, and, he, and he gets involved in that weight program, we'll see a guy that will become really athletic and, and, um, and very, very skilled uh, to go with that. So uh, we'll see how that develops. We'll see what his body can hold. He's, he's 220, 225. He's been fluctuating in there. But, you know, I, I think he's a guy that 235, 240 pretty easy uh, with his body frame. So um, his versatility, again, fits everything that we're about and what we're looking for and and uh, that was the draw he has a different basketball path than any other guy you have on your roster what maybe intrigues you about that well i've said many times that the the european market is a good one for us and i love the fact that uh, uh that those guys grow up playing in clubs they grow up uh practicing a lot their skill set develops uh and uh, you know there's there's so many practices involved like it was as we get with AAU programs and move into that recruiting cycle. There's not near as many practices, and uh, they get to know their teammates, so they get very uh, role-oriented over there, and, and, and their skill set is, is uh, exceptional, and, and Zach's no different. What do you think his biggest hurdle will be, at least early on, once he gets here? Catching up. Literally just a catch-up of, uh, you know, we've been, uh, we, we still don't have Matt on campus. Matt will be here on, on the 7th of July. And, um, you know, so he's missed a, a little bit as well. But just, uh, um, you know, we've got to be very sensitive to the fact that he's coming to the States. Um, the language issues, uh, basketball is kind of a universal language. But, uh, uh, you know, our guys will have been conditioning for eight weeks and, and working. And, and so it's a, it's a gradual buildup for him. But... Uh, Again, his IQ and, and all of that is, is something that excites me. He's a terrific student, um, but still there's an adjustment when you're someplace completely new, you're a long way from home. And um, fortunately for us, we have a very diverse campus that has a lot of international students, so we won't be the only one that um, is going through that. You got to see him battle it out on the practice court, but do you see him as a guy that will have a role this year, have a chance to contribute as your, in your one? I hope so. 
I hope so. I think so. I, I think that he's a guy that, uh, um, you know, I, I had one experience very similar to this at Oklahoma State. Uh, Lucas Gasson missed the entire summer. I started in the first game. Um, his, his, his feel was terrific. Uh, it could be very much the same thing. I don't, I don't know what that looks like until we actually get him out here in the mix with our guys and, and uh, how well he retains and, uh, and learns. But, um, you know, all signs are that the, there's no doubt he's, uh, he's gifted enough. How did he, I know Jeff has connections, but how did he get put on your guys' <clears throat> radar and can you give us a time frame of how this kind of came to be? Yeah, it's probably been a, a six-week process, um, you know, from, from start to finish. Uh, you know, and, and again, he, he's, he's a young man that played and had opportunities to, to sign professional deals overseas, and uh, and yet the um, uh, the idea of getting an education in the States, playing at, at, at a big university was something that was uh, an opportunity for him, and I think the success uh, that he had recently allowed him to do that. Uh, and again, it's just uh, basketball is kind of a small world sometimes, and as guys make those decisions, we have a lot of international connections that we talk to, you know, multiple times a week. And here's a guy that, uh, you know, said, "I'm going to go. I'm going to go the university route," and uh, we jump on it, and, and uh, you know, it worked out for us this time. Does your recruiting approach change at all when you've got maybe, you know, just more based, you know, recommendation based, maybe film based, as opposed to getting a chance to see you know, maybe somebody play five or six times? Well, I, I think we, we dig a little more in, in depth about the person and about the character. Um, you know, the basketball stuff we see. And, uh, you know, we're, we're pretty adept now watching film, you know, going through a COVID year, not being out. Uh, you've got a pretty good feel. You know, you understand it's not. Uh, it's not real easy to get uh, abroad and uh, evaluate guys, but I do think that uh, uh, we've all been very diligent. We've all talked to enough NBA people who see those guys throughout the course of the season. We've talked to a ton of contacts uh, in, in Europe, uh, basketball agents uh, that see him, and uh, we know he was, he was highly sought after uh, on all those fronts, and uh, so hence we're really excited about it. Brad, what are your thoughts about USC and UCLA coming to the Big Ten? It's fabulous. Um, I, I think it's uh, um, you're talking about two of the most historic programs, and, and, and I'm speaking from athletic programs. Uh, I'm also talking about two of the top academic institutions. Uh, they fit the Big Ten mold. I think uh, uh, you know that's one thing that, that Kevin has been uh, very adamant about in. His, in his talks, he was here about a year ago, and I'm you know, fitting the, the Big Ten mold. And you're talking about two great academic institutions, and obviously uh, basketball and football in particular uh, have historic programs. They play in great venues, uh, the Rose Bowl, and uh, you know it's it's the Coliseum. Uh, basketball has been historic. You're talking about UCLA. The, Maybe the all-time greatest program in, in, in college basketball. So um, I think it's exciting. I think it's uh, uh, it's tremendous foresight to kind of get away from what we call traditional uh, way of thinking and, and expansion. And I think it's uh, can do nothing but, but benefit the Big Ten. And, and I think it, the Big Ten will also help 
on, two schools. On Zach, are you seeing on the floor him being able to play into what is a recently new body? If I'm not mistaken, he yeah. used to be six foot four as of less than a couple years ago. Yeah. I, you know, I think that again, that's where strength with Fletch will will help that. Um, you know, he, he's he's a guy that um, uh, has really good balance. Um, and again, when you grow that quickly, you're still trying to find your body, but you see those perimeter skills, you see him step out and shoot it. Uh, the basketball piece of a guy who grows that quickly is really exciting because you know there's uh, diversity and, and a lot of uh, positionless uh, basketball in his future. So it's just a matter of him gaining that strength, gaining that, that the athleticism that Fletch will help him with. You can tell Underwood's really excited about uh, Perrin. Feels like he can be a guy who can, guy who can, uh, you know, be a, a power forward. He's got the athleticism, skill, strength, and just got a really nice feel. And I think that's the kind of player that he wants to keep getting. And uh, guys that can, you know, play multiple positions, versatile. And he, he loves the fact that he can, he, he can, he's still got a long way to go too as a player. He's only, uh, won't be 18 until August. So that's, uh, he's really excited about that. You can tell. And when he talks about the fact that he can handle up to 245 pounds, I'm going to tell my wife that apparently I'm at the perfect ideal body weight, <laughs> assuming assuming that I was just, 6'10". If you just grew a foot, you'd be perfect. If I, if I grew a foot, I would look awesome. But unfortunately, I'm not. But I, I will tell you what, it is. Uh, this is the type of uh, sneak attack recruit that um, I think by the end of the season – is going to be uh, paying dividends for the Illini and next year going to be a nightmare for the rest of the big 10. Yeah. I love what, what he's doing. And think about that, that where that this is where, and, and Brad, you've talked about this so many times before that what Brad Underwood does, he doesn't get caught up on one recruit. If a guy doesn't come in, he just goes on the next one and look at, look at the consolation prize he gets and bringing in a kid with this kind of skill set and Zachary Perrin, when you look at where this, this program was and where they were looking three months ago, and where they wound up, this is pretty sweet. Yeah, that's. Uh, I think that's been the calling card for Brad Underwood. They've missed on a lot of guys, but then they just go get other guys. And uh, what they, you know, when you look at the end of the season and now, what they've been able to bring in the transfer portal and also with recruiting, it's pretty amazing what what they've been able to do. And they've totally reshaped and retooled the roster and kept themselves as a top of the Big Ten team. Yeah, he's the Underwood's kind of the opposite of Mike Tyson as a boxer because. Mike Tyson gets knocked down. He never got back up. Underwood gets knocked down. I don't think he even cares. He just goes back to work. I don't think he hits the canvas. I think he just yeah. kind of like sort of like magically bounces up like from two inches off the <laughs> off yeah. the canvas and he gets right back up again slugging. So you're right. So it's like it's like Mike at a pizza buffet. <laughs> <laughs> just, just bounces right back up. You can't keep him down in the chair. Dirty plates, no plates. I don't care. Give me napkins. <laughs> Give me I don't pizza. need no plates. <laughs> That's right. My <laughs> God made hands. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. More college sports expansion talk up next. This is the Sports Spectacular. Planning to repair or upgrade your home or place of business? Whether it's a leaky roof, windows, or door, worn out siding or paint, outdated kitchen, bathroom, or basement, look no further than HX Home Solutions, your one-stop shop for remodeling inside and out. Trusted by Chicagoland since 1950, find out why HX gets an A-plus rating by the Better Business Bureau. Call today, 224-880-6000. That's HX Home Solutions. 224-880-6000. 224-880-6000. 
224-880-6000. Mention code NCAA and schedule your free estimate. Once again, 224-880-6000, HX Home Solutions. Since Busey Bank first opened our doors in 1868, we have built upon a tradition of close relationships and broad financial capabilities. Our experienced team provides the highest level of personalized service to ensure we accomplish your goals, simplifying your wealth management and business lending needs, and ensuring a legacy for generations. Building business, growing wealth since 1868. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini. Member FDIC. As we promised, and we like to keep our promises here on the Atlanta Guys Sports Spectacular, we're talking more expansion talk. Uh, last half hour, we talked the Big Ten view of this and kind of where this may be headed in terms of, um, you know, well, arguably the premier conference uh, in the country. Let's discuss this expansion, this new world we're headed to in regards to other conferences. Guys, there's a, a lot of talk. It seems like every conference is talking to everybody right now, and, and it's understandable why they're doing that. Yeah, the Big Ten has definitely opened this can of worms. You know, the SEC kind of did it with Texas and Oklahoma, but the Big Ten adding two uh, big-time schools from the West Coast really tells you that, you know, this is this is just the beginning, um, and it's going to keep going. I, I really think the SEC is uh, going to be the other major player um, with, with trying to add the biggest schools. And then you have all these other schools that are kind of figuring out what they're going to do. Are they going to – be a new conference they're going to join a big 12 what's going to happen to the big east what's going to happen to you know the acc i mean the acc is uh you know has one of the probably worst tv contracts of any major conference ever and it's they're locked in for many years so it's going to be interesting to see what happens with with that yeah i think a couple things i would do uh first off if i was sec commissioner i would be working with other commissioners to get some sort of guarantee for Notre Dame to get into the championship playoff so that Notre Dame would have less of a motivation to get into the Big Ten. So that's the first thing that I do is I start fighting dirty. Um, The second thing I would do if I'm SEC is I go to my buddies at ESPN and I wrap my arm around their shoulders and I say, (laughs) you need to let some of these ACC schools out of the contract if they want to come to the sec don't tell anybody then just let four or five or six bolt to the sec and then it's too late for the big 10 to get their pick of the litter so to speak so i I wonder if it's really going to turn into an espn versus fox where sec might have some leverage with the uh, acc there and try to stack the deck against the big 10 See, I think that's exactly the kind of route. You're exactly right. Greg Sankey, the SEC commissioner, what he should do. And I, I wonder if that's being talked about, because when you think about it, uh, I believe the ESPN also has the ACC uh, contract, right? Media rights. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, when you think about it, well, OK, you guys are doing this right now with this, but you're about to have a bunch of lawsuits and guys leave and whatever. What if we grab these six teams right now and brought them in here in a couple of years and give them a chance to kind of work some other contracts out? And we bring in Clemson and we bring in Miami, bring in Louisville. Although you wonder politically if Miami would try to vote to keep Louisville out and if Kentucky would try to vote to keep, I'm sorry, uh, Florida, Florida voting to keep Miami out, Kentucky voting to keep Louisville out if they don't want to share the territory. But to your point, that would be one of the smartest moves to jump in 
The one piece, though, I still go back to what we've talked about before is the AAU and the possible dollars that you have with some of these ACC schools. I don't see Duke, Virginia, Georgia Tech, and North Carolina moving until they're absolutely sure the Big Ten, there's no room for them there. So I think even though we've already talked Big Ten, I think, again, all roads kind of still go back up to Rosemont. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I I think those schools are looking at the Big Ten as like the place they want to be. Now they got to figure if they want it. I think that's true of the West Coast schools, too. You know, the other Pac-12 schools, Stanford, Cal, Oregon, and Washington, they want to be in the Big Ten. So now it's, you know, can they get in the Big Ten? Does the Big Ten want me? You know, it's kind of like me and, you know, and and most of the girls I tried to date. You know, I wanted them and they probably didn't want me. So I, I had to make that. It was tough. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. According to a lot of the demographic data, there was a lot of those didn't want Brad's out there. So, uh, <laughs> yes. uh, not as many as they didn't want Mike's, but close. <laughs> well, look, hey, let's not start throwing casting aspersions at Mike Ditka, Mike Tyson, and Michael Jordan. <laughs> but if if I'm if I'm the Big Ten, I, I will tell you one thing: I am looking at my dollars when I get bids. I would have like five scenarios that they, I would say, okay, I want to bid for the current big 10. I want to bid for USC plus UCLA. I want to bid for our West coast division, you know, with UCLA, Stanford, Cal, uh, UW and, and Oregon. I also want one with all those guys plus tobacco road with North Carolina Duke. And I want to see how much those guys put on top because if I can go to the, if I'm the Big Ten commissioner, I can go to the university presidents and I can say, let's say we add, we go up to 24 teams, and instead of 102 million a school, we're going to make 134 million a school. Yeah. The presidents are going to say, do whatever you want. But if they don't know that and you add that, well, we think it's going to work, that's where you get in trouble. And the presidents, they will be like, hey, let's just stay the course. And I don't know if I'm the Big Ten. I don't know if I want to give any of the initiative or even an opportunity for the SEC to capture some of the initiative. Yeah, and I see, I, I'm of the mind. I think that's already happening. Uh, by the way, talking uh, college football potential expansion here on this segment presented by OSF Healthcare. It is the game changer segment, and for good reason, because uh, this is a game changer. We're never going to see college sports the way we have it right now when you jump ahead four or five years. I think those conversations are happening. And I think that's why you're not hearing anything out of the Big Ten. Every rumor you're hearing is from another conference. It's a rumor that, that the SEC is already trying to make a deal to get Clemson and Miami and Duke and North Carolina. It's a report that the ACC and Pac-12 are talking about some kind of loose uh, alliance where they, the two conference champions meet in Vegas for a season-ending championship that's meaningless in the big picture if this thing all plays out the way we think it's going to. It's for, AC, for Pac- Pac-12 schools, the two Arizona schools, um, Colorado and Utah talking to the big 12 about, I mean, it, everyone else is talking except the big 10. And personally, I think that's a good thing because what that says is that these are conversations being held with NBC, with Fox, with CBS high end. And I, Mike, to your point, I think that's exactly what they're talking about is the, what ifs, if we add these teams, what does that look like? If we add these other teams even more, what does that look like? And, and I think, again, you could get in a situation where, to your point, if they go to 24 teams in the next five years, you could have a deal um, that's $3 billion. That's not out of the question. 
Yeah, for for a uh, for three billion dollars, I, I would join. I mean, I would definitely become a. I would join the Big Ten. Um, so I'm gladly. I, I think I could be a important member of the Big Ten conference. Twenty four teams and one sturdy, sturdy university. One sturdy. Yeah, I mean, and I'll tell you what, I'll take a partial share of like I don't know fifty million. You know, just for that. Well, you're gonna double, a, double is a line I guy pay. Yeah, I, maybe. <laughs> and I, yeah, just to, yeah, double. That's a, your math is not very good, Mike. But yeah, we'll, no, we'll it's help. not. Well, the, the 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 one thing I would do if I was the Big Ten commissioner, because I like to I like to teach lessons when people compete with me. Um, I would also I would do whatever I needed to do to grab either Texas or Texas A and M to really throw down to the SEC that you know what not only are we going to go bigger than you but we're going to put our footprint all over yours as well. Uh, and Georgia Tech would be another one that I would want very badly so that I could be right there in the middle of SEC country with the Big Ten flag. Yeah, it, and again, it goes back. I keep saying AAU, and I'll keep pounding this drum for yep. <laughs> months and years because this really is part of it. You look at, again, the only, the only school linked to all of this with any kind of credible reporting is the Arizona uh, possibly going to the Big 12. I think that's the lone AAU school that's been linked to having conversations to leaving their current conference and, and, and going to somewhere other than the Big 10. Uh, we'll, we'll put it that way. Uh, guys, I mean, I'm one that I think we're going to wind up with and I wrote about this, I think three super conferences, a super big 10, a super sec. And I think some kind of the leftovers or everything, everyone else goes to the big 12. Um, you know, it sounds ridiculous, but could you see a Boston college taking on Arizona? Yeah, it's possible. The travel's nuts, but I think in this, in this space, anything's possible because if you're those Northeastern schools, Syracuse and Boston College, it's either joining the wide, wild, wild west of the Big 12, or you go independent in football and join the Big East in basketball, just like UConn did a couple of years ago. Yeah. Yeah, there's not, I don't think there's a great, there, there's not a, the travel is obviously going to be an issue for when you go cross continent. I mean, even with the Big Ten to talk to USC and UCLA, but um, if you, but, I, I think that the, the key is going to be finding a way to manage that. But, and I don't think it'll be that difficult once they add more teams, like in different regions, like, right. You know, put these teams together. And so they only have to maybe make one trip a year or something like that to, to the coast. So, you know, it's going to be interesting though. I, I, I don't know how they're going to, you know, I don't know where they want to go and where does the, I don't, and I think that's the hardest part. Where does uh, Boston college want to be? Right. Where do they want to be? Maybe they said, yeah, we'll just be in the Big East and we can beat UConn in football every year. I mean, I don't know. Well, the, the, the real losers here, uh, the city of Indianapolis, who manages to get all these Big Ten tournaments, and all of a sudden, uh, now they got to compete with L.A. occasionally. And um, so they, they may lose a few uh, basketball tournaments and, and football games because wouldn't it be interesting to see the Big Ten championship game be held in the Rose Bowl a couple times. So the, the folks in Indianapolis are the only one who are sweating bullets, I think, over this whole situation uh, from inside the Big Ten. Or any place in between. I mean, you could say, well, let's have it in Vegas. Oh, Why not? That I sounds mean, yeah. so awesome. The new, uh, the new Raider Stadium? Sure. Oh, oh. <laughs> I'm there. <laughs> I can oh, yourself. I'm, I'm going to save you from yourself. 
Uh, this segment presented by OSF Healthcare, the Game Changers segment, and uh, certainly we appreciate you guys being here for the first hour. We've come up to the uh, terminal break here, top of the hour. We'll step away for a local timeout and continue with the second hour of the Atlanta Guys Sports Spectacular. Our Atlanta Football Roundtable is up next. Good stuff as Ken and Matt join the fray. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular here on the Atlanta Guys Radio Network. Slow down, they say. You're getting older. Relax. Seriously, you're on a mission. You've got places to go grandkids to see. At OSF Healthcare, we want you to be the best you possible. Whoever you are, wherever you're going, whatever your mission is, we're here to support it. Because that's our mission. Your life, our mission. Learn more at osfhealthcare.org slash your way. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys Radio Network. Now, let's get back to the studio. Hour number two here on the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular. Larry Smith, Brad Sturdy, Mike Kegley, and uh, joined right now by Matt Stevens. He's Illini football writer and analyst, and Kendrick Prince, IlliniGuys.com director of recruiting. Hey, it's time to talk football. Guys, I can't believe that we are less than two months away um, from the start of the season, the Wyoming game coming up on August 27th. Don't forget about the Illini guys uh, golf classic on the 26th, the Illini guys pre pregame party on the 26th as well. That night details, you can find those uh, starting uh, next week on Illini guys, uh, .com. Uh, guys want to talk a little, a uh, little round table here, go around the horn and just kind of get your thoughts here because we've got uh, some time to do so. Um, and we're going to take a little bit of a, a break and, and sh- run some best of interviews here toward the end of the month. So I want to get these in before we do get to August. Uh, a few questions, and I want to start with, I'm going to get your thoughts on, um, going back to the season ends, um, last November, they, Illinois beats Northwestern. It's a, a monumental win. You get to five wins in the first season. In, in, in early September at that Virginia game, didn't look, that, look like that would ever happen. So this team is certainly playing much better in November than they did back in August. Um, what's the best thing that this Illini football team did uh, over the spring and summer after the season ended last fall? Yeah, I would say for me, the, the thing that I'm most imp- – last summer it was keeping the um, guys on campus, you know, the, the seniors, you know, having come back for that extra year. This year for me, it's getting those young guys in in January so that they actually have a chance to contribute in August. And I think that's going to be important because this is a this they have a schedule that that gives them some opportunities, but they're going to need some young guys to step up and play roles for them to reach their goals, I think. Uh, fairly simple for me, hire Barry Lunny. Uh, Illinois made an offensive coordinator change. And there's many tentacles to that because Brett Bielema has got to walk into Josh Whitman's office and say, hey, boss, I need a million dollars to fire my offensive coordinator and then hire a new one. Um, you got to come up with that. And this is post-COVID, so it wasn't like that was an easy thing for Josh to roll out and be cool with. Um, but that was a seamless transition because Josh, I think, from everything that he has told us, like, say, in the media roundtable and anything after that, it was, it was almost like Josh was going to make the recommendation and Barry, I'm sorry, Brett just kind of made it for him anyway. Like, hey, I'm going to do this. And so I would say hire Barry, who, uh, you know, is very, very familiar with Brett. 
going all the way back to when they were with Arkansas, you know, they, the two of them know what, know each other really, really well. The families know each other really, really well. And on the field, I think that they have an understanding of how this is going to work a lot more than Brett had an idea of what Tony Peterson was going to do and, and trying to hire somebody that he had never really even met before. Um, which was a philosophy of his in year one that, that worked out on defense and it just didn't work out on offense. Well, for me, honestly, they addressed the quarterback room. I had major concerns with the quarterback. Brandon Peters, you know, came out of high school with good billing and he went to Michigan and things didn't work out. He was just inconsistent for me. I think Illinois, you know, we all know they lost and left a lot of games on the table. I just don't think the, you know, the offensive coordinator, I don't think Brett Bielema was really comfortable with letting Brandon Peters just air it out. You know, I know there was a couple of games where he overthrew people, and um, I'm not saying that's going to be the end-all, be-all, but I think addressing that quarterback situation, because we all know there's 11 guys in the field, and they're all important, but that quarterback, if you don't have a quarterback in the Big Ten or college basketball, or excuse me, college football, you're not going to win games. So that's the biggest thing for me. I was looking for that right away, and they have, a, you know, a proven guy back there, you know, and then Art's going to be back as well. So that was a big thing for me. And for me um... – Brett Bielma teams are energized and they live on the offensive line. So I take a look at every one of those offensive line signings and the size and the potential of these players, knowing that, yes, it's not a, an instant recipe for uh, success this moment. But if we get a Brett Bielma offensive line in Champaign, this team is going to compete. And that to me is what I've been most happy about when I see these six foot five, 300 pound monsters signing up to come play for their coach. Uh, that, that, that is what keeps me pumped and ready to go for football. I think for me, it's a kind of a combination of all that. I feel as a whole from personnel to coaching to, as, as Matt mentioned, the philosophy to, um, you know, strength and conditioning. I mean, everything this program is in a better place than it was a year earlier. And, and I think that's, and it, that goal 10, it takes into everything you guys. And I think they need a still need a couple more players uh, to, to fill out this roster. And, and I thought maybe through the transfer portal or whatever it was, I, I thought there were a couple of positions of need um, that they could have filled out. I still think they're thin at wide receiver from a playmaker standpoint. And, and I think they need another person, uh, I, you know, whether it's another on the defensive line, another uh, person who can get something done on the defensive line just to provide depth because I think they're an injury away from being pretty thin there as well. So that would be the, the those would be the two things I would like to see them do. Alex Pilstrom's going to kill me on this because I think he could end up being a really good center, but Illinois really didn't address center after Doug Kramer left. And they could have addressed that in the transfer portal. They tried to address it in the transfer portal and didn't do it. Um, sure, I would have loved for him to go get a wide receiver out of the portal, but that that market was so barren for Illinois that it just probably wasn't even going to be worth it. Um, so those were the two things I thought they would do in the portal that I, I really wish they could have or or should have done but if Alex Pilstrom works out at center then we don't have to really even worry about it that's that's the key for me well I, I'm going to kind of agree with kind of Brad mostly and Matt Little I was really looking for playmakers and Matt mentioned there wasn't a lot in the transfer portal maybe the junior college route they need playmakers um I think you know our 
you know, when you look at the team in general, and I don't, I'm not just going to say this just to hear myself talk because Brad mentioned it. I just think the playmakers that they need to be able to stretch the defense, to not put so much pressure on Isaiah Williams, because you knew last year, everybody knew when it was a passing down, when they needed that big run or reverse that they run, they knew Isaiah was going to be that guy. They need other guys besides Isaiah Williams. So, again, I'm not just going to hear myself talk, but I just think playmakers would have been a huge difference if they could have got more of those. Yeah, I'll go with the playmakers and, and two words for you. Arch Manning certainly would have looked good in the line eye orange and blue, but, but I, I somehow I think those, I don't know, eight digits may not really add up. But um, second place finish for Arch, second place. Yeah, I know. You know, sometimes it's the bride, you know, it's the John Gross bride made. Um, <laughs> but no, uh, you know, I, I think anytime, you know, this, this, once this program starts getting some, some speed laterally, I think that will really open it up because you feel like that the offensive line and the, and the uh, running backs are stacked pretty well here for the next few years. Just need to get some people that force the defense to cover wide and things will start falling into place. Yeah, I agree with you. And that's one thing that you're right. Um, you know, last year, how many times did do span uh, from the quarterback room come in and save you with catching a deep yeah. pass for a touchdown? He was the number one deep threat. Um, and you need uh, more than that. So question. Hey, we're talking a lot of football here on the Sports Spectacular. We'll continue the conversation after this on the Atlanta Guys Radio Network. Are you tired of your website making your business look bad? Is your current web developer dropping the ball? Let's face it, if your website isn't making you money, it's broken. Let Neon Rain create a website that turns your visitors into customers. Neon Rain has worked with hundreds of businesses across North America, building custom websites and applications with modern designs that are easy to update and work well on mobile devices. They can do it for you too. What sets Neon Rain apart? They actually deliver on their promises. Call today for a free consultation 303-957-3092 that's neon rain at 303-957-3092 or visit them at neonrain.com hi this is larry smith proud native of central illinois it's been an honor to have reported on the world's biggest sporting events for the past three decades and as a lifelong illini fan it's a privilege to now be with IlliniGuys.com. My friends and I put this together with one goal in mind, to have the best Illini-centric website around. Great features, podcasts, insider stuff. I know a little something about telling athlete stories, and these guys know a lot about the Illini. It's a perfect match. Come over and check it out. IlliniGuys.com. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com, on the Illini Guys radio network. Now, let's get back to the studio. That's right, the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com. Continuing right now, Larry Smith, Brad Sturdy, Mike Kegley, Matt Stevens, Kedrick Prince, uh, all here talking uh, football. So preseason camp, hard to believe uh, we're in the countdown stage right now. What's your number one concern as this team opens preseason camp next month? Yeah, I'm going to go back to the thing that I don't feel like they addressed, and that's having playmakers on the outside. Um, I, I think they have a, obviously a good stable of running backs. I, I think they've got some, you know, offensive line that tried to fill some holes there. I think they're s- at least solid there. Um, but I just don't see playmakers on the outside. I think Ryan Walters will make the defense, uh, good. The defense is going to be solid. You know, he's going to have a good game plan there, but I, 
I, I think even though you have a veteran quarterback, you're, he's going to have to throw some guys open this year for them to be as successful offensively as, uh, as you know, you, we want them to be. Defensive line coach Terrence Jamison has no depth, again, um, going into this season. If they lose a D tackle, um, if they lose Keith Randolph for a significant amount of time, if they lose Johnny Newton, they're in serious trouble. Ryan Walters is in serious trouble about how they're going to go get the pass. They're going to go get the. They're going to get the quarterback and stop the run. I have. I have a lot of concern. I, I agree with Brad that they. They. There is a develop. There, there is a low point of uh, depth also at playmaker wide receiver, but they cannot afford a single injury on the defensive line, and that's that's a major concern going into a thirteen game season, and a, and a fall camp for that matter. My thing is to see how quick the offense. You know, they pick up, you know, new offensive coordinator, Barry Looney Jr.'s offense and, you know, quarterback's coach. That's going to be a big adjustment. I think it took a while last year. Um, I don't think you're going to see the same stagnant offense. Um, you know, last year, Coach Walters, you know, they picked up the defense quick. But now, you know, they can't go four or five weeks and then just say, hey, you know what, now we're starting to figure this out because you lose those games. And those games you lose early cost you games for going to a bowl game and et cetera. So I just think for me right now, how pick, how quick they pick things up. You know, I know a lot of the players talked about some of the stuff the same, but it's different terminology, you know, so I think that's going to be the key, especially offensively. That's what everybody's going to be looking for to see how, see the improvement and not go out and have three or four games where you score nine, 10, 11, 12 points. I think there's two things that are important. First off at the quarterback position, they have to keep Tommy DeVito up. And then, as Brad said, he has to throw the ball properly because there's not going to be a lot of room for error out there on the, the sides of the field. The other thing is, is, is how will this team do with a new kicker and punter? I know it's, they've got some good quality guys there, but boy, over the last two or three years, as an Illini fan, we were really spoiled by the talent and the consistency at those two positions. And um, hopefully their replacements will slide in and we won't notice anything, but that's asking an awful lot. And those guys were pretty good. Yeah, that's a good, great point. You, know, you bring up something else, Mike, and I think Brad touched on it before the break. Uh, Tommy DeVito, uh, you know, the quarterback position usually is one that, that any football team talks about quite a bit. We haven't spent a lot of time talking about the transfer coming in from Syracuse, um, your thoughts from possibly, I know Matt's been to practice, what he has seen, what you guys have heard, your thoughts, is Tommy DeVito the guy to get this team over that proverbial next hump and possibly into a bowl game? Is, is he the guy that gets it done? Yeah, I think DeVito could be that guy. I think he's got the potential. Obviously, he's got experience. He's got the ability to, uh, you know, to throw the ball down the field. Uh, and extend maybe uh, also he has some he's, he's a veteran he's smart he knows how to play and I think that's what they need from that quarterback position someone who can do those things and manage a game as well as you know make plays when they need to win at the end Barry Lunny you know this spring was asked about you know a quarterback controversy or a competition going into fall camp with Art Sikowski um, and Tommy DeVito and he answered the question mentioning Tommy DeVito three times um, so Art Sitkowski, until I see him throw and make, you know, a, a throw that is on a shoulder that is fully healthy, I have no opinion of that, that, that kid other than I know he's tough and he's a quality backup if something were to happen to Tommy. But, and I do think he's going to get an opportunity. But Tommy, Tommy, I think, was brought in for a reason. I think he'll, he, he's, he's going to be your starting quarterback and it's going to take an awful lot for him to, to lose that job. 
well, for the fans out there that, you know, listen to my podcast, I talked to a assistant football coach and he made the comment to me off air that when people see this Tommy guy play, they're going to be surprised. He is going to be, according to this coach, the difference in two and three football games. He's that impressive because he can throw it. They just have to have guys go get it. They're not just going to just be in an offense where they just throw the ball 40 times. But I'm going to tell you, for a coach to know and, and the entire staff is believing in him, and like Matt mentioned, they don't bring a guy like that in to sit. You know, he's going to have to earn it. But I'm going to tell you, this came directly from a coach. This kid is going to be good enough to where they think they can win at least two or three more games with him just alone. That's what we need. We need a Tommy Gunn not a Danny DeVito. So um, I'm all for seeing what he can put out there on the, on the field. Cause we, we, you know, we grew up, let's face it. We all lived in an era with Jack Trudeau, except for Matt, who's too young to real remember this, but you know, you had, you had Jack Trudeau and you had Tony Eason and you had Jeff George. Let's let's hope that Tommy's the first step towards getting back to that because that was a lot of fun too. I sat in my living room in Ogden, Illinois with my father and watched Jeff George win a game on ABC in the LA Coliseum. Right? Did he tell, not, did he tell you that, that though? Did I'm he not tell you that or do you remember it? I remember sitting there oh, watching okay. it on, on my living room floor. <laughs> okay. Like okay. my dad sat in the high chair and, and drank a beer and I sat there and, and drank a root beer. So like, I, I, I'm not that. I'm <laughs> Who not was that in the high chair again? Was it you or? <laughs> no, it was, uh, it was the big leather chair that I never got. Okay. Seen. Okay. That's, okay. That's, that's, that's my dad's chair. Dad's chair. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. You know, it's funny. I was ready, ready to jump in and Matt, Matt defended himself. Well, Matt, there you go. Nice. <laughs> Don't take nothing off this guy. 38. I am not. I, mean, I didn't just come out of college. Like, <laughs> I'm, not that young. I'm not that young. Compared to us, because we're ancient. Yeah, uh, he's just comparing you to us, man. That's all. That's, that's right, Snackley. Mike's Mike's really old. <laughs> Mike's really old, so he's like double that. Feeling man, every year of it tonight, folks. You have seen <laughs> the pictures of when Red Grange christened the stadium. That Mike's there on the sideline, like holding one of the one of the that holding, like that that I under I. Don't even get me started because I understand like the, the gray uniforms are not they weren't gray like they were gray because it was a black and white television <laughs> I've ever seen like like no I but I was not there I was in the stadium for the Colorado game like so like I I'm not that I'm not that young mm-hmm. yeah you just mm-hmm. compared to Mike you are but then again so aren't we all uh, hey quick timeout and we'll continue our conversation here about Illini football on the Illini guys. Sports Spectacular. Since Busey Bank first opened our doors in 1868, we have built upon a tradition of close relationships and broad financial capabilities. Our experienced team provides the highest level of personalized service to ensure we accomplish your goals, simplifying your wealth management and business lending needs, and ensuring a legacy for generations. Building business, growing wealth since 1868. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini. Member FDIC. Slow down, they say. You're getting older. Relax. Seriously, you're on a mission. You've got places to go, grandkids to see. At OSF Healthcare, we want you to be the best you possible. Whoever you are, wherever you're going, whatever your mission is, we're here to support it. Because that's our mission. Your life, our mission. Learn more at osfhealthcare.org. 
slash your way. Are you tired of your website making your business look bad? Is your current web developer dropping the ball? Let's face it, if your website isn't making you money, it's broken. Let Neon Rain create a website that turns your visitors into customers. Neon Rain has worked with hundreds of businesses across North America, building custom websites and applications with modern designs that are easy to update and work well on mobile devices. They can do it for you too. What sets Neon Rain apart? They actually deliver on their promises. Call today for a free consultation, 303-957-3092. That's Neon Rain at 303-957-3092. Or visit them at neonrain.com. This is Jack Trudeau, the all-time leading passer for the Illinois Fighting Illini, here on the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular. Talking Illini football here on the Sports Spectacular. Um, you know, let's talk about the fans listen it's real it's, it's been 30 years since since the fans have had a, a, a program to really get behind and really get excited and not just a one-off win or here or there um what will it take for for the for the Illini fandom to come back full-throated for this football program and and can it happen this year I don't think it happens that quickly unless something happens. I, I do think it, where they, they just have a crazy year where they win like, you know, nine or 10 games. I think if that happens, you could see a turnaround, but I, I don't think it's going to happen that fast. I think consistency over time, it's consistently making bowl games, consistently being contender in the big 10. Um, I think will make them, you know, make fans come back just like it did. When we went from the 70s to the 80s, I think that, that we saw that you know transition. We're in a similar time period. Since 2011, I think I can count on one hand how many times Illinois has announced an attendance of 50,000 or more. And understand that just over 60,000 is capacity. So I'm not even talking about sellout. Uh, tell me what the record – and so for, from that standpoint – can they get to that level this year? Yeah, because tell me what the record is for that Iowa game on October 8th and the Minnesota game on October 15th, and you might get that in the stadium legitimately. Um, but is Illinois going to consistently sell out Memorial Stadium in year two? No. And I don't know if they – but if, if – yeah, if they go to a bowl game and people like – people like Brett Bielema, so they want to – they want something to be sold to them. So – I think year three is is where you're you're going to see the, the the tipping point of this program and how far it can go. Matt, please don't get mad at me, man. I just have to be different just a little bit, buddy. I disagree. I think if they win eight games this year and they put up 24, 25 points a game, you're going to see the excitement. Illinois fans are loyal. I don't care if it's cross country, tennis, volleyball. They are loyal people. They are starving for a winner. They were close last year. And here's my thought. They win eight games this year, and they go to a good bowl game. And then the next year, if they win, Larry, to answer your question, I think you're going to see sellouts because what he was hired to do was to not be a one-year guy. He was not hired to be a Ron Turner to go to a Sugar Bowl and be done or a Ron Zook to go to a Rose Bowl and be done. He is hired to win more games and on a consistent level, and that's what Brett's going to – I think he's going to do so. Personally, if they can score points and not put people to sleep by scoring, you know, winning games nine to seven – and put up some points and stop people defensively, I think the fans are starving. I think they'll show up. Yeah, and I'll be honest with you, kid. If, if you can guarantee me some nine to seven wins, I'll take that over, over exciting losses, to be honest with you. But 
I wonder, you know, Coach B is such a planner. You know, I, I got to wonder, does he actually have like an estimate in his mind of, of how many people should be at each home game and what his targets are? Because the man seems to plan every single point out. And of course, as he's building the team, you know, the, the success that they have is going to translate to butts and seats because that's, that's what sports success translates to, that and ratings on television. So, you know, I, I got to think it's all tied in, but he's got to get the wins. And we all saw this week, or not this week, but in the past two weeks with realignment, just how important this football program improving is. Coach Bielman is not afraid of a challenge, but there is a mountain in front of him to take this program that's been blah for since ever and bring it back to what it was in in the 80s and he's got a huge challenge in front of him and this year is how they compete this year is going to be big to where Illinois lands in the next two or three years so there's some pressure there I don't think he's afraid of it I don't think the coaches are unaware of it but um, there's a lot riding on this season and um, if Tommy DeVito stays upright and makes throws probably be okay Mike, 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 sorry. You know, he mentioned that, you know, in a press conference once. He knows. You know, he made reference to the basketball, to State Farm Center. He wanted his football program to be like that. And he knows he has to win games. Shauna Green's the women's basketball coach, said the same thing. People aren't going to come to watch a losing team. So, and that's everywhere, you know. So, I can honestly tell you, he's really, really excited about putting people in the stands, but you have to win those games. And like I said, he's mentioned that before. And that's it's common sense. And I that's why I made the comment earlier. I, I Illinois fans are just loyal. I mean, it's a different fan base, one that we all know because we're on message boards, but they will show up if you win games. Yeah, I think I'm probably going to lean toward agreeing with Matt on this one. It doesn't happen this year. I think, again, next year is the one. If, if you can get to that 7-8 win, bowl game, momentum. Uh, now, I think if the North, Northwestern game was at home end of the year, it would be rockets. If you're at, you know, seven and four at that point, chance to go eight and four, it'd be unbelievable. Unfortunately, they're going to fish on the road up in Evanston this year instead of, uh, of at home. But I do believe Bielema has got it going in the right direction. We'll see if that happens. All right. Comes down to this. Give me your prediction on the season. What happens? And do you have a number of, of wins in mind uh, that you think this team um, where they'll be sitting end of November? I think they they're going to win six games. I think they're going to make a bowl. Um, I, I don't think they're going to get much more than that. I, I think that some people have, you know, look at the schedule and it is a favorable schedule in the sense that there are some winnable games, but I, I also think there's some very difficult games and some toss up games that maybe people don't realize how, how difficult they're going to be. So I'm going to go six and six. I think they make a bowl game. It's a minor bowl, but I think it's a start. It, it's a, a beginning of, um, kind of a, a new era where they can make bowl games every year where you're not going into the season hoping to make a bowl game. You're hoping to contend uh, for your Big Ten division. I'd love to know what Illinois' record is going into the October 1st game when they go, when Brett goes back to Madison and plays Wisconsin. Because you have four games before that, and if Illinois is 4-0, then, yeah, I love their chances of being bowl eligible. If they're anything short of 4-0 before then, I don't love their chances of being bowl eligible. This team could be five and seven and look a heck of a lot better than it did last year and have the exact same record. And I think people who understand, like, say, Josh Whitman and people who are evaluating the football program, like longtime season ticket holders, 
could see an improvement on the field and an improvement in the product and have the same record as they did last year. Because quite honestly, Illinois figured out a way to beat Nebraska last year when they weren't favored to do that. And, um, you know, there were a couple other, the nine overtime Penn state game was, you know, a, a that, that doesn't happen every single day. So there were ways for this team to only have two or three wins last year, and they managed to get to five. Um, if it breaks well for them, they'll be bowl eligible, but they could be five and seven and be a better football program. I see seven and five. I think, you know, you look back to last year, and last year was in the past, obviously, but, you know, they left some games on the table. I think, you know, another year in the system, they fixed that. Also, they're going to be teams that they shouldn't be. You know, Matt, you mentioned the Penn State game. I'll be honest with you. I was impressed when they went to Minnesota and won at Minnesota. That was huge. I mean, that's a big win. And there's upsets in college football all the time. They're going, they're going to be good enough, and they're going to compete to where they're going to be somebody that they probably shouldn't, which happens all the time, and they may lose to somebody they shouldn't. So I see seven and five. I think that's great. And, you know, if they get to a bowl game and they win, that's the momentum of eight wins that I talked about going into next year. Yeah, I, th- I think six and six. I'd like to see them three and one after their first four games. I, I really worry about, as, as you look at it, a lot of people, myself included, look at Indiana and like, oh, yeah, we should win that. To me, Indiana is that key. That's, that's that key game because you need to go three and one to start the season. Um, and I think Indiana uh, needs to be the team you beat because I'm not certain that Virginia is the team that we're going to beat you know, in that early going. So uh, a three and one start, and I feel like six and six is doable. And then like Ked says, um, they do find a way to beat teams. And, you know, if you start off three and one, maybe you do get to that seven and five, eight and four level, but you got to take care of business early in the season. I will tell you, I'm thinking seven and five, but the game I'm really concerned about, not so much uh, Indiana or, or Virginia is the Chattanooga game. Um, I know it sounds ridiculous, but I saw them last year in Lexington take an undefeated Kentucky team and came within a play of beating them. I mean, it was, you know, they just, this was a team that I think went up, I don't know, 10 and three or something and went to a, uh, you know, what are the, what are the better bowl games on the hierarchy? Um, that's a game that if, if Illinois loses that game, they lose so much momentum regardless of what they did before. And I think from a perspective, the fans, whatever, that would just be, um, Crucial. Uh, that's the gets the one game I'm concerned about. And hopefully um, uh, it's not a concern. They jump out in front by three touchdowns and win easily. So hey, maybe, guys. maybe coach B gets you uh, into that locker room, Larry, and you can give them a little bit of a speech so that they understand what's going on with this team and that they've got a chance that, you know, we got to get, got to get an Illini guy in front of the team to fire them up. There you go. I well, They've got my number. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know if I can help, but that's we got to hit a break right here. Uh, Kedrick Prince, director of recruiting for IlliniGuys.com. Matt Stevens, Illini Guys football writer and analyst. Guys, great stuff. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, guys. See ya. Thank you. Roundtable here on the Sports Spectacular. Much more uh, with Adelia McKenzie, the Illini gal, up next. You're tuned in to the Sports Spectacular on the Illini Guys radio network. This is the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular, and you know, it would not be the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular without an appearance from the Illini gal. Adelia McKenzie, as you know, 
you've heard the show before. She's a star guard for the Fighting Illini women's basketball team. Adelia, what's up? Hey, hey. How, how was your fourth? It was good. Um, I actually watched some fireworks with some teammates, and that was fun. Okay. And nobody got hurt, right? Everyone was safe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no one got hurt. And we actually lit some fireworks. See, that's what I'm talking about. That's 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 my concern. It's the dad in me coming out. <laughs> yeah, fi- fireworks can always be dangerous. They're fun, but they're also dangerous. Now, we want to see uh, Adelia. What kind of fireworks are we going to see from from you guys? Uh, this this uh, the basketball team. I just think everything's going to be like fireworks. Just everything's bright and exciting and loud. I think for our style of play, it'll be very fast and I know defense is a really important component for like our team standards and stuff but I just think it's going to be a really really fun year and just the team chemistry is going to be good as well yeah this looks like an exciting year Adelia now the the coaches they're out doing endless recruiting here this weekend so what does that mean for you and your teammates when you guys are doing workouts on your own and you don't have coaches around to keep pushing you? What do you guys do to keep your workouts intense? We make sure we have that same intensity and competitiveness like during our workouts because I know sometimes like we will have pickup and if the coaches aren't watching it can get a bit sloppy but we've been talking about just continuing to work hard in our workouts and having group workouts and staying in the gym. And I don't know if I said this before, but we have a shooting program. Okay. It's voluntary, but we all commit to it. And it's basically you have to make a certain amount of shots each week, which is like 800 to 1,000. And we just hold each other accountable for that. So this week with other coaches, it's been a bit different without hearing all the yelling and stuff. <laughs> but... <laughs> Keeping each other occupied and accountable has been important. You know, normally you would think, as we're talking to Adelia McKenzie here, fighting Illini women's basketball team, you would think uh, once you get your freshman year out of the way, um, you're a sophomore and and you have several teammates that you guys gel with maybe a couple of newcomers. Not that way now. Um, One with the coaching change, obviously, but also with the transfer portal, so many new faces. How has that been difficult? And what's been the kind of the hardest part um, going through having to kind of not just learn a new system, but kind of learn everyone all over again. And, and you don't have that luxury of, of having the bulk of your teammates back with you. Um, I would say the hardest part is just like everyone learning each other. I feel like on the court, we're cool, but like off the court, I feel like at first we had that awkwardness, just getting a lot better, but still having that team bonding because everybody's different. I think we've got a lot of introverts this year and I'm, I think I'm an extrovert. <laughs> so I've been trying to <laughs> bring people out their shell and stuff. But I think everybody has been adjusting well. Personally speaking, I think I've been adjusting well. I kind of feel like a freshman again, in a sense, because everything's new. But just embracing that change, that makes everything easier. And, you know, that's a that's interesting that you, you talk about, you know, how it's uh, with the change and the coaches being gone, all these all these nuances that, that really, really go into the off season. So from, from that perspective, I want you to kind of focus in on this time. What does Adelia, what, what have you seen growth in yourself 
over the past few weeks? As, as a, you mentioned, you're an extrovert. As a, what, what role as a leader have you kind of grown? I would say my communication on the floor. I usually have never been the type to talk a lot. I just like to lead by example. But from the first week of workouts into now, I am comfortable with talking and I actually talk a lot and try to encourage others to talk. And I'll also say like my mentality, I used to kind of get stuck on plays and be frustrated on like the past play, but the coaches put emphasis on next play mentality. And I have been intentionally working on that and just continuing to look forward to the next play and push through. So Adelia, we're hearing that uh, coaches, you know, trying to produce everyday women. So what does that mean to you? And we've seen how uh, everyday guys has become a big thing over on the basketball side. What is that going to produce on the women's side? Basically, everything we do on and off the court is at our highest level. And we take care of business in every area um, for our bodies, like going to rehab, make sure our schoolwork is turning on time, being out, being at workouts on time. It's just being an everyday woman is every day attacking every obstacle and just every opportunity to be the best. You know, I just had a funny thought. You know, I'm like Mr. Parody, always making up words to songs and things. I can envision like an end of the summer, like, talent show by the Finding Line women's team and Adelia, a couple of her teammates jumping up and lip syncing to Whitney Houston. I'm everyday woman. Kind of. No. All right. Too. Uh, <laughs> every woman. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Likes the She's dad. got a career. She's there got a career. Go. There it is. <laughs> Adelia McKenzie. Always great to talk with you. Hopefully, um, you know, try to stay out of trouble. The cats away. The mice will play. Um, as we mentioned again, you know, by the way, one question I do want to get in if I can. Uh, last question. Can, we were talking earlier in, in the break about and, and, and Mike mentioned that the coaches are away. You played in that Nike event up in uh, Chicago, that massive event, 60 courts at McCormick Place. What was that like? Well, that was an experience I, I I'll never forget. It was just so fun and so many teams, a lot of coaches, but just the intensity and the environment. It was like the best tournament I've ever been in. It's just really, really fun. Cool. Very cool. Okay. We're out of time, unfortunately. Always good to talk to you, Adelia McKenzie, the Illini gal. Have an awesome weekend. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you. Appreciate you guys. All right. Take care. Take care. Adelia McKenzie of the Fighting Illini women's basketball team. Make sure you get your tickets. Pack that house this fall. Want to see you out there at uh, State Farm Center and uh, watch them get many, 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 many victories as uh, a former Illini coach once said. All right, it's the Sports Spectacular back with more after this on the Atlanta Guys Radio Networks. At Busey Bank, we understand you have a vision for your future and we're committed to helping you achieve your dreams. Since 1868, we've invested in recruiting and retaining the best and brightest associates. Busey's unique culture is one that values and supports you, provides opportunities for growth, and it's much more than a job. It's a career. Build relationships, build community and build your career at Busey Bank. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini. You know, we always want to bring you comments from Illini players and coaches when they take time to chat here in the offseason. 
we heard a little bit uh, last week from freshman Ty Rogers. Let's hear more of his conversation with reporters, starting with his appreciation for the Illini veterans in his brief time on campus. I thank these older guys just for coming out here and um, pushing us every day. Um, they're always on us because they want us to be better. And now we're going to have um, we're going to play big minutes this year, so um, it's, it's been good. Been quite a bit of praise about your play there for the coaches. What's that mean? I don't know if you've heard any of it since you left, but just to hear the way they talk about the game. Oh, man, it feels good to know that um, the USA coaches, uh, they, I mean, Oklahoma State, um, Colorado State, I believe. Uh, so, I mean, it's amazing to hear that praise from um, coaches like that that have a lot of experience in the game and um, probably are going to be legends soon. So um, uh, it's amazing to hear that. Uh, but now it's just time to come out here and really work. Your behind-the-back move kind of went viral on Illini Twitter. Uh, can fans expect to see more of you, like, off the dribble, that kind of stuff? Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, like I said, I can score if I need to. Uh, so it's not nothing to... Uh, be too too happy about because it's going to happen a lot. So, how do you see your development going forward? What's important as you get in gear and work on your game? Uh, for me, it's just my overall game. Um, I feel like I bring a lot to the table. Uh, so now it's working on the little things, just keeping my ball handling tight, um, being being able to knock down an open open three point shot um, is a big thing that we really been working on. Anything surprise you this first week in the No, no, not yet, not yet. It's been, everything's been good, man. We've been in here competing and working hard. So. Ty, when you committed to the team, it was kind of a different team. Obviously, five freshmen now, three transfers. Uh, more exciting than ever to be here with, with this athletic group, or how, how would you describe the group that you've joined? Man, it's been it's been great so far. Um, I feel like this is going to be one of the better teams I've played with. Um, just so far, I mean, everybody's egoless. Um, there's no egos. Um, everybody plays for each other. I can tell that already, so it's going to be good. You've had these unique opportunities you know, this spring with Jordan Bay Classic with Team USA. Just how much did that maybe help you fine tune your game? I would just say, um, well, first of all, it's a blessing to be able to um, say that I played in those games. Um, and then just to be able to compete with the best and show that, that I am one of the best has is, is been a big thing for me because, I, like I said, I feel like I've always been um, underrated a little bit. Um, so to be able to go out there and compete with them um, is definitely boosting my confidence. Well, why do you feel you're underrated? Um, I just feel like my game isn't isn't valued enough because just because I don't score and um, I mean that's really yeah I do everything else so um, I just feel like they look at that um, and they and they think I can't do that so. You mentioned coach working you with the one here a little bit and you did some of that they ran some offense here. Are you comfortable in that role? Like what do you think you excel with with that role? Absolutely, I feel like I'm a um, great um, great out of the pick and roll. Um, I feel like once I get in the paint, I can find my guys really good. Um, so I definitely feel like I'm gonna be able to play if you want. What's the process of elevating your jump shot? What's the routine like for you to, to get to where you want to go with it? Now, we really just been getting, getting in here, getting a thousand shots up a day. Um, I've worked with Coach Tim on my form and things like that. Uh, so that's really it. We just got to keep getting reps in. So relationship with some of the sky, Jaden, sincere. What's that like for you for coming here as freshman? Man, we're super close, man. I mean, me, me sky, and uh, sincere. Well, we already knew each other. Really, when I came in, me and Jaden, we really we, we clicked like super fast. Um, so we're all really close, man. We hang out all the time. Uh, so it's gonna be good, man. How does having someone like Terrence help you kind of? You've been to a lot of things in college basketball. How does that help you? Man, since I've been here, Terrence has helped me um, tremendously, man. Just just the little things like being in the right spot on defense, um, closing out to a gap bar. I mean, he has he has so much experience, and me coming in as a freshman. Um, it's helping me a lot. No matter how good your freshmen are, it's always important to have those veteran guys who've been through the wars. And, you know, I, Ty Rogers is obviously a fantastic player, but, you know, having guys like Terrence Shannon and Matthew Meyer and, you know, even uh, like uh, Coleman Hawkins, guys that have been through the wars a little bit, that, that's really important as you're trying to put together a team that can make a, a postseason run.
Yeah, and I think uh, Terrence Shannon Jr. is famous for being intense in practice. Not that Ty Rogers needs that help, but with two players like that that um, bring it every day, these guys are going to get better as the year progresses. Well, and that brings up another point, too, we've talked about in terms of, you know, who starts, who plays, who's on the bench, what's the pecking order. Um, what you've created also that really Illinois hasn't had in a really long time is that you're deep. You're going to have a, a, your ninth man, your fourth guy off the bench, your ninth guy in the, on the depth chart who could be a starter and in past years would be a starter. And, and I think that's, what's really impressive is you've got guys right now. Here's Terrence Shannon as the veteran coming in, as he mentions and showing this kid that plays his position, um, you know, where to go and how to do things. And I think when you've got that kind of teamwork and chemistry, only good things happen. Yeah, there's no question. I, I think that that is what you, you, you have to have. And I think probably Illinois overachieved a little bit last year because they had so many veteran guys um, even though maybe they didn't have the physical talent outside of, you know, Kofi Coburn and, and some of the younger guys, but I mean, they, they, they overachieved. Um, and so because they were old and, and because they had that experience and leadership and a little bit of toughness from guys like Trent Frazier, Devontae Williams. Now, now you've got that from some older guys and, and, and you, but they're a little bit more talented and you've got some talented young guys to go with. Yeah. And, and the size that this team is going to put out there on the wings, the, the teams that have caused the Illini the most trouble are teams that look uh, very similar to what we're going to put on the court this year. And I think that is going to make a huge difference for Illini fans to watch wings like this. We haven't seen this in decades. Yeah. And to your point, you've got guys coming in who have rings. I mean, Matthew Meyer has been in a championship game. I mean, you know, he's, he's been through the, you know, through the ringer, so to speak, you know, Terrence Shannon in big games, Dane Danger was only on Baylor's campus for a semester, but he understands that as well. And I'm sure he can communicate some things that they did in Baylor uh, along with Matt Meyer to, uh, to this year's team as well. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun. And um we can't wait for October to get here. Stay with us. More spectacular, more sports spectacular. It is spectacular. Powered by IlliniGuys.com. After this. Do you like what you hear? Let the passion of Illini Guys promote your business. The sponsors are signing up right now for the upcoming fall season, and our ad space is limited. Shoot us an email at info at IlliniGuys.com and find out how easy it is to reach diehard sports fans in 30 key markets in six states. That's info at IlliniGuys.com. Slow down, they say. You're getting older. Relax. Seriously, you're on a mission. You've got places to go, grandkids to see. At OSF Healthcare, we want you to be the best you possible. Whoever you are, wherever you're going, whatever your mission is, we're here to support it. Because that's our mission. Your life, our mission. Learn more at osfhealthcare.org slash your way. Are you tired of your website making your business look bad? Is your current web developer dropping the ball? Let's face it, if your website isn't making you money, it's broken. Let Neon Rain create a website that turns your visitors into customers. Neon Rain has worked with hundreds of businesses across North America, building custom websites and applications with modern designs that are easy to update and work well on mobile devices. They can do it for you too. What sets Neon Rain apart? They actually deliver on their promises. Call today for a free consultation, 303-957-3092. That's Neon Rain at 303-957-3092. 
or visit them at neonrain.com. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys Radio Network. Now, let's get back to the studio. You know, it's a busy, 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 busy weekend for the Illini guys right here. Our man Brad Sturdy talking to us uh, from Kansas City this weekend. Uh, Brad, as you mentioned, out at the uh, EYBL, you touched on it briefly in the first hour, but but tell us what you've seen out there so far. Amani Hansberry is uh, obviously uh, a big target for the Illini in the class of 2023. He's a kid that six foot eight, 225 pounds, um, just does. He's a constant double double. I mean, it, it's not, a, it's 11, 12 points, it's 15 rebounds, it's, it's blocking a couple shots, it's getting a couple of steals, and he's a tremendous passer. Um, we saw him play against a zone this week one day, and uh, they put him at the high post, and he just, you know, he's just finding guys right and left, or he, when they spread out, he just took his guy off the dribble and went in and, and scored. He just, uh, just a fantastic fit for what Brad Underwood wants to do with his, you know, five men out type thing. And with the positionless basketball, well, he'd be a great fit. And that's why Illinois is so high on him. Who else did you see that caught your eye uh, at, Can- at Kansas City? One of the guys that I really uh, enjoy watching is uh, uh, teams is Mean Street 16 UT. Of course, they have a lot of Illinois targets there with Merez Johnson, James Brown, and Dojus Indrositis all from St. Rita High School in Chicago. And then um, another kid from Chicago Curie named Carlos Harris. All four of those guys have Illinois offers. Uh, Got to watch them play. And, and Merez and, and James battled a little foul trouble. Um, I thought they were a little ticky-tack, but, you know, that's just uh, that's just my opinion. But, uh, but I thought uh, they really showed themselves well, just really excellent rebounding, um, getting scoring in the post, getting to the rim. Marez showed some, did some great stuff in transition. Um, no, just actually made two for two free throws with four seconds to go to win one game. And then Carlos Harris uh, brought him back one game. They were down 16 points and he just kind of took over. He so he's fantastic in ball screen situations. When you've got guys like uh, James or Marez diving to the rim and you, he, he gets a lot of room to play with shooters around him and he, he's able to hesitate, use him, you know, space, pace, find it. And, and then attack the rim and get downhill and, and do some really good things. You know, you, you brought up something. I just thought something just now, as you were going through the list of some of the prospects you've seen and, and guys, Illinois is in on, um, it, you know, Illinois already with two commits in the class of 2024, that's the rising junior class and Morris Johnson, uh, the power forward and ZZ Clark, the point guard, younger brother of, of incoming freshman, uh, Sky Clark. Um, they're in, they're in really well with some of these kids. You've mentioned before how Underwood and his staff will hold some spots for transfer portals, maybe not get as many high school kids. Could that be reversed in the class of 2024 where you've got four or five really good players? And as a result, you're not quite as active possibly that you're in the transfer portal. I think it's possible. I, the one thing is you don't know. You just never know who's going to be around. I think the transfer portal is more one of those things where you say, all right, it's – these it's March and we see who leaves and then we, we go pick up. So it does give you that opportunity. Underwood's always said though, I am going to, I am going to recruit high school players. We're still a program that wants to develop players and, and get, you know, get better, um, have guys that, you know, but you want guys who can come in and play right away. There's really no point taking projects anymore. So all you got to have guys who can play right away, come in, compete for time um, early on, or else there's really, you know, it, it's difficult to take them. 
Yeah, leave the projects for Illinois State University and pick them clean when they really develop well. Think <laughs> yeah. it good they can come after a couple of years. Yep. Slap from the former Bloomington residents. Okay, well, we'll we'll leave it there. So for those of you who just turned your radio off, sorry. Hopefully you'll come back next week. Hey, thanks to everyone coming in. We hope you enjoyed it. Join us next week. We'll talk more NIL, and we'll also talk more. We'll do a basketball roundtable and ask some of the same questions to our guys and get some input as we get ready for the season. Hard to believe that uh, kids are back on campus here in about six or seven weeks. Kind of a crazy thing. For Brad and for Mike, I'm Larry. Have a great, safe weekend. We'll see you right back here same time next week. Go Illini. I-L-L. I-N-I. This has been a presentation of LMBC Sports, LLC, and JM Talent Productions. We'll be back next week on the Illini Guys Radio Network on these same stations across Illinois.